It's been around two months since the first translocation of kākāpō to mainland Aotearoa. Just last week, six more kākāpō were released at Sanctuary Mountain, Mangatautare. To check in on how these taonga are going in the North Island, Te Kiamatea Ika Maui, we're joined by Te Runanga Ongai Tahu Kākāpō Species Representative Tane Davis, who's been working with Kākāpō for over 19 years and was with this latest group of, uh, group of Kākāpō every step of the way. Tēnā koe, Tāne. Oh, kia ora. Kia ora te iwi Lovely to chat to you today. Uh, I think you're in Southland today. We've been hearing some pretty wild weather reports. How are you going down there? Ah, uh, yeah, uh, we've had a bit of a change again. Uh, yesterday was uh, very gale force winds, but today's <laughs> torrential rain. So we're getting a mixture, <laughs> that's for sure. <laughs> How significant was this uh, return of Kākāpō to the mainland in July? Tell us, give us the context for their return to mainland New Zealand. Ah, uh, yes. Well, uh, effectively, both uh, translocations are extremely significant, that's for sure. But, uh, of course, the lead-up to the first one, uh, perhaps slightly, obviously, a bit more significant for the fact that uh, it's the first time the Manu have returned back to the mainland for quite a large number of years. So, yes, uh, in all, very extremely significant, extremely significant to the Manu, and, of course, that interaction uh, with the various, uh, with uh, Tainui, Te Iwi, and, uh, of course, uh, building that relationship stronger again with Tainui, uh, Ngāti Kōroki, Kahukura, Ruka, Raukawa and uh, Ngāti Haua. Absolutely. Yeah, and just to help people along, uh, manu is the uh, te reo Māori word for, for birds. Um, and people I, people who might not know the Kākāpō story might not kind of realise that they had ever left mainland New Zealand, but they've been on islands, most of them, over the last couple of decades. That's right, yes. They've been down here in, uh, in Murihuku, uh, this is the last standing populations of uh, of Kākāpō. So, uh, yeah, ultimately they've survived purely because uh, we re-established them on uh, predator-free islands that are isolated from pest incursions. So that's how we've maintained to actually have a population and a population growth. Yeah, and why now to return to the mainland? Yes, good question. So uh, within the Takiwa Naito, uh, we, uh, we're very limited now in habitat. So we're slightly getting out of one problem, that's uh, we are getting kākāpō growth in population. Yeah. But at the same time, the, the habitat's not growing neither. So we've had to look further afield, i.e. Maunga Tauturi. So tell me about this translocation well, should we talk about South Island first? Because even even there, I don't think they've been on the South Island for a while. What was the original sort of range of the Kākāpō? Where, where were they originally found? Okay, so we're fortunate enough we do have two genetic um, two genetics to work with, uh, Rakiura and from Fiordland. Uh, that was where the last of the, the Kākāpō were found, those, uh, those two areas. So... Uh, Yes, so those were the, um, particularly Fjordland and Te Waiponamu is the last uh, area where they were uh, on the mainland of Te Waiponamu. But, but originally in Aotearoa, New Zealand, they were found in the North Island and found in a, in a few different places? Oh, of course, yes. Uh, they were quite sparse throughout the whole of the motu of Aotearoa, absolutely. And tell me about the population on those islands over the last few years. You've been working with them for 19 years. How much has the population 
grown over that time? Yeah, well, to give you a bit of an idea to begin with, I mean, we were at an all-time low of 51 birds. So as the population stands at the moment, we're around about uh, 247 birds. So over that period of 19 years, I've only played a, a piece of this, uh, you know, generating the population of Kākāpō. But uh, that gives you an indication how long it does take to generate a population such as this species. Tell me about the involvement of iwi, because often when we're talking about kākāpō on the radio, we're talking to um, people from DOC or, or more traditional sort of, I guess, Western-trained scientists. Um, tell me about your involvement and the significance of that partnership, I guess the treaty partnership, when it comes to looking after our manu, our, our birds and our other native taonga. Yeah, well, uh, kākāpō, uh, of course, a, a taonga species uh, to NATO, and uh, so many years ago when NITO settlement negotiations took place, it was recognised by those Kamato at that time that we needed to have our presence, presence on various uh, Tonga species recovery groups, and of course Kākāpō was one of them. So the position is uh, the outcome of the NITO Settlement Act. Uh, it's in legislation, and it means then NITO can participate in the recovery of various species, in particular in this case with Kākāpō. So uh, I've been very, very fortunate to uh, been have this part of my life to work with this species, to interact uh, with Western science and Matauranga, uh, and to enhance that uh, that kaitahu, that naitahu uh, connection that we that we have to the species to uh, to Kākāpō. Has it been a successful, a rewarding partnership between traditional Western science and, and tikanga Māori, Matauranga Māori? Oh, absolutely, and uh, it's you know it's, it's taken a period of time, of course, uh, but uh, to enhance that cultural connection and to really publicise it, I, I guess you could say, without within the community, the importance of uh, enhancing the modi of the species as well as the Naitau uh, people connection to it, is uh, to me has been extremely rewarding and uh, satisfying. Some of those modern techniques. Artificially inseminating kakapo, um, separating eggs from their parents—is that jarring for you at all? I think that's a pretty good way to put it. I guess uh, jarring uh, at, to begin with. Uh, you know, they're all new things to us as iwi. Well, you know, to participate in, particularly when we valued such a, a special tonga species as kakapo. Uh, we did have our, our our moments, I guess you could say, where we had to sit down and really talk it through of how we could interact uh, the mātauranga of our own science and with the Western science and what do we have in common to make the, to bring those two together. And of course, it's the modi of the species, the life force. We wanted to continue to ensure that the species does not become extinct. So those were the two forces that we had to compromise on as iwi and actively get involved in not only in endorsing our own mātauranga, but uh, accepting and getting actively involved in those Western science uh, techniques of what you've said, absolutely. So it's, a, it's an acceptance in this day and age, of course, because of the fact that uh, we needed the two to come together to get the population to where it is now. So where have the birds gone on to Waipalnamu, the, the South Island, uh, roughly? Whereabouts are they? 
Uh, so they're not on the South Island itself. Uh, they're still on uh, what we still have populations on islands in Fiordland. And of course, there's the main island, uh, Fenuaho. Of course, again, it's extremely significant to Naitahu because that's the first place where uh, colonisation took place down here in the south with, uh, with the Naitahu woman. So, effectively, yeah. But the dream, of course, is we'd like to see uh, the Manu or the Kakapo uh, go back onto uh, you know, the mainland of the South Island. Yeah, so I've got confused because I always think of the mainland as South Island. So we're really talking about Mangatotari in the uh, in the North Island. And tell me how that translocation went. That uh, so uh, just last week, and when we done the other translocation of six birds, it was really personal and moving to me. It was extremely powerful. Oh my gosh. We're, We've worked on this for 15 years. We knew 15 years ago uh, that we would be probably be getting into this predicament of the habitat for kakapo, mm. so we were looking well ahead, uh, and we started generating that relationship uh, with the whānau or uh, Tauteri. But I think actually, I think personally now, it actually came to us a lot quicker than what we probably thought back 15 years ago, which yeah. is a good thing because it means the population has grown a lot quicker. Uh, but it was an extremely moving time, and uh, it's, a, it's a time I'll never forget. It's a played, this manu has played a big part of my life, and to see the opportunity for Naito to uh, adopt out the, the kākāpō to uh, within another takiwā and another iwi and another hapu was extremely moving, absolutely insignificant. Will you be able to monitor their health and, and well-being? Oh, absolutely, yes. So every day, uh, the birds that are on the manga, they are monitored every day. So we're keeping a keen eye on them, absolutely, just to see if there's any adverse reaction or what reactions in any form they are. And uh, so far, they've, uh, they've adapted very well. So uh, it'll be them that'll make their mind up whether or not that they're... Uh, it's the place they want to be, but it's all looking very positive at this stage. Would they have been on Maungatautari and, and round there back in the day? Uh, it wouldn't surprise me if that's the case, actually, yes. But, well, you know, we, we do know Kākāpō, uh, as we talked earlier, were present on uh, Te Eka Maui. So, of course, it would not surprise me at all. And the habitat, when, we, when you think about it, you know, that was a big part of us moving uh, Kākāpō to Maungatauteri, the habitat was adaptable to what we know of. So, again, more than likely they were there in the past. And um, are you hoping that one day they might actually breed and, and start their own population there? Yeah, well, that that's another uh, piece of the puzzle, I guess you could say, that we're looking at into the future. You know, uh, if we can create it, well send birds to another place where it's equally as good for them to breed. Yeah, that is something that, that we can look at down the track. But of course the first is uh, making sure they are adapted to uh, being on the manga and then uh, go from there. What are they going to eat? Well, primarily, you know, within the breeding season, what alerts them to breed is uh, the fruit off the rimu. Uh, so, uh, you know, they they do eat uh, other uh, there's other sources of kai on the manga for them as well. But primary uh, for a breeding purpose, it, uh, it's an alertness to them that they, they eat the fruit of the rimu. So it's up to the fruiting of the of the nahiri at the same time. Good stuff. Nice to talk to you, and thanks for all the uh, hard work, the mahi that you've put into this beautiful species. Appreciate it.
That's Te Runanga o Ngā Tahu, Kākāpō Species Representative Tane Davis.